0: Hello, STEM Nation, Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 62 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up with our guest, Nikita, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Nikita earned a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering from Mumbai, India, and a Master's in Electrical and Computer Engineering from Portland State University. She is heavily involved in the Society of Women Engineers and has had work debugging processors and has been involved in artificial intelligence and is currently a platform engineer focusing in the automotive industry for Intel. Welcome to the show, Nikita. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life.
1: You've got that all. And like you mentioned, I came from India to pursue my master's over here and Intel has been great so far. Engineering career has been great so far and I'm liking what I'm doing. In the automotive field
0: so you do have a, a bachelor's in electrical engineering and you've been at intel looking at your linkedin account for about five years but in that five years it looks like you've had various roles with inside of intel could you delve into some of the different roles you've had and and what kind of skills you needed for that and what you did in those different roles
1: So my roles have been different in terms of the actual position that I held, but the theme has remained constant around electrical and computer engineering. I started by working as a a debug engineer for uh, some PC-related products. So that was one side of it to get that customer exposure. And then I moved to validation, which kind of loops or completes that whole cycle And that gave me different flavors of what the tech industry is all about, where all I can put my degree to and uh, get to know like what I really like doing. So that early on, that would also be my advice, like early on, explore as much as you can so you know where you fit in the culture and then. I tried another role at, at Intel, which was more of a startup mindset. You come up with an idea and have two years to execute it while a business unit is sponsoring your project. So that was like huge exposure and visibility uh, to the top level and also give you the chance to build something, to invent something. And now I have tried the automotive field. And again, the same background, same route, but trying a different application.
0: So were there any particular classes that you had to take as an undergrad that allowed you to work in the semiconductor industry?
1: Uh, Yes, so I did start by taking the embedded systems and the VLSI uh, design classes and then also some verification and validation courses. So these all together helped me build my foundation and my base. And very early on, even before my bachelor's, while exploring, okay, if engineering is the right thing for me, I did take some extra classes in terms of computer science and hardware architecture just to get that feeling of whether I am really interested into it, but yeah, that just confirmed what I liked and what my interest was.
0: So you used an acronym that you said VLSI. Could you explain to STEM Nation what that that is?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's very large scale integrated circuit. That's the full form of it. And that's the whole design of how the components are designed, how the CAD level architecture goes, how the PCs, the transistors, and all the microprocessors are laid out and all of those design-related stuff that's thought over there. And it's a really good class.
0: Yeah, thanks for explaining that, Nikita. We use a lot Mm -hmm. of acronyms in the STEM world, and sometimes we have to explain what they are for STEM Nation. Yes. So right now, Nikita, you're a, a platform engineer in the automotive industry. Could you dig into a little bit about what that's about?
1: Sure. So I am an applications engineer or a platform applications engineer, as you would call that. Uh, So what I am doing right now or what our system on chip are doing is that it powers the in-vehicle infotainment system in your car before it goes to the user. And I, as such, specialize in image processing unit or just call it in layman's term, the camera. So any camera-related malfunction in the car that gets reported to me, I will perform the technical debug and provide a solution for it or Tap on the engineering team or further go to the developer team and make sure that all of that gets resolved. And this could be changing like a piece of code or providing some hardware, all of these things. And apart from that, when I mentioned artificial intelligence, I'm also developing some AI based applications for the cars.
0: All right. Thanks for that, Nikita. Over the last five years, you've had, you know, various different positions with inside of Intel. It, it, was that a unique job that you had with inside of Intel? Or is that possible just by looking around and want to go to something different? You just look for a job internally or was it a special program that you were in?
1: So, no, I just looked internally and uh, Intel is a huge company. So you don't really have to leave to explore something new or try your hands on something different. And unlike other com- uh, like other companies as well, most of them are pretty huge and you can just, while you're doing your current role, I at least I am of that mindset that I have my next two years. Okay, after this, these are the skill sets that I want to gain or these are the gaps that I want to fill. So where will I get that? What kind of role will give me that? So I start exploring ahead of time and then that's how I carve a job for myself. So I'm not really in a need of a job right now, but I already have people that I've spoken to. I have my network and that's how I go about exploring Uh, something that is along the lines of what I'm already doing. And then that would be my next area. And the venture program was a special program at ITEL which I applied for again. But then again, that was also like by exploring and looking around.
0: Okay, Nikita. So you also have a master's in electrical engineering. Could you explain why you went on for your master's?
1: Yeah. So I had my bachelor's, no doubt. I wanted to dig a little deeper into the workings of things and I was very passionate about uh, gaining a foreign degree. So that's how I found out about, okay, US US has those degrees. And then even before coming here, I was very passionate about working for Intel and knew that Intel was very local to the Portland State University, that I went to, and that's what motivated me. And again, I was, like I said, I was very passionate fasc- about the computer architecture by taking those early on courses and microcontrollers and how everything just fit on a small chip and functions on a piece of code. So, all of that pretty much excited me. And uh, that just confirmed that, okay, I want to go ahead and get that further degree and get into the details and specifics of it.
0: All right, sounds good, Nikita. And let's dig in here. What, what exactly is now your specific area of expertise?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I am an applications engineer, and I am working on the image processing unit or the camera, as you would say. Um, and since it's applications engineers, it's more com- customer-focused, so I get the opportunity to get their issues real-time, debug and solve, which is very exciting. It could be very challenging because you don't know what you are expecting tomorrow. There could be an issue. There could not be anything going on. So that and then even going to the customer side, debugging it on their board, making sure everything integrates together, fits together and all of those nice, exciting things.
0: So it sounds like your day is, is pretty diverse and, and a lot of different things going on and you got a pretty diverse background. What is one thing that really has you fired up, though, in the area of AI, automotive or, you know, engineering in general?
1: I would say just the uniqueness of how things could be different from what you actually study at school and what you apply real time in the field. Over here, it's very much output driven. Like in school, if you're solving a math problem, you get some points for uh, making the steps right or reaching up to a certain level. But here, it's all about the output. If it doesn't work, you turn on the switch and it doesn't lit. It's zero at that point. So it's very output driven, output focused. It's very challenging at the same time. And then there is so much available over there, like people are so willing to help you and share their knowledge with you that it just makes teamwork so easy and you learn a lot through the process.
0: Okay, Nikita, and we're going to change gears here a little bit because everybody likes a story, or at least I like a story. Could you take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had and tell us a story and how you turn that into success?
1: There was this really great role that I was interested in at Intel itself, like you shared. I have... Changed quite a bit roles over a year, uh, but I did not meet all the qualifications. And uh, I am huge on mentors, so all of them taught me pretty well and early on that you just need to meet 50 to 60 percent of the ro- of the requirements, and you can just pay the rest. You can learn all of them. But when I applied for this role, I was very soon told that I don't. I need a little more than what I had, and I was disappointed at that point. But I was not discouraged. So I offered up to do a part-time assignment. So like you told me, like, do you look for roles or is it it a special role? I offered up like while I was doing my current job, I said I will do a part-time assignment with you and I will pick up those missing skills. And it's of no loss to you and nothing that I have to provide. And this actually helped me ramp myself up for this role. And I ended up getting that role because while they were interviewing other candidates, I was already ramped up with their culture, with their work, with those missing skills and things like that. So in spite of being rejected first, it just shows that you're urged to learn. And if you have those right, the right mindset of being there, you can definitely do it. So there isn't any skill that you can't learn. Just be open and adaptable. That was my aha moment.
0: It sounds, Nikita, like you, you, you take action. You, you figure out what you want to do. You, you have your passion and then you go off and you, you take action. Without exactly. getting discouraged.
1: Yeah, I plan and then I execute upon it, which is very important.
0: Very good. And Nikita, getting through school, right? So getting through school. You went to school in India, um, mm-hmm. and now and then you got your masters in the United States. Could you take us back to when you're heading off into college? Some things that you wish you knew back then that would help STEMers launch into college successfully.
1: Definitely. The importance of networking and the power of mentoring. So like you mentioned, I came from India to the US to pursue my master's when I was 22. So when I was 18 or back then, I was still in India and I did not have all the resources that kids these days have. Um, I lived actually, funny to mention, I lived without a personal computer and an internet connection at home until I was 17. So emphasizing on the fact that Take advantage of such wonderful offerings, this podcast being one of them, where experienced people in so many different STEM fields are willing to share their learnings for you to leverage from and get a mentor. Get a mentor today if you don't have one. And then along the line, be a mentor to someone else. It's about paying it forward. So I would eventually have done what I'm doing today. I would have found out either ways. But decision making and background research would have been way simpler have I had those mentors. And I did not have anyone to learn from. There is no engineer in my family. But despite that, I became the first one I wanted to be. And I became the first engineer in my family. And I cannot stress enough on the fact to have a huge network. That's how you learn. That's who you go to. So be part of various organizations like Society of Women Engineers being one of them. It gives you a lot of leadership and interpersonal skills, which you do count on and help you engage early on. So have that growth mindset, continue to adapt to new technologies, never stop learning, focus on practical development versus theoretical hypothesis, that's the real world all about. All
0: right, Nikita. You know, you're on LinkedIn, and you're talking about developing a network. So, you know, this this podcast is targeted towards juniors, seniors in high school, Mm -hmm. early college students. Would you have any issue if anybody wanted to connect with you on LinkedIn and just had a couple of questions?
1: Oh no, definitely. Please reach out.
0: And then you're also involved with SWE, which is a Society of Women Engineers, Mm -hmm. and. You know, I've been seeing some statistics out there that there's a lot of women out there, girls in high school that are like, you know, engineering, STEM, it, it's not for girls. What are some links, you know, can they go to the SWE website? Is there something for high school students, for for the girls out there that are like, hmm, you know, is engineering for me? Is STEM for me?
1: Oh, there is so much available over there. Like, just go to SWE.org. Uh, there are uh, local Collegiate chapters, which will not only provide you with resources in terms of uh, what can I do, how can I pursue engineering, plus also provide you scholarship opportunities. Uh, They have webinars where they show a day in the life of an engineer, which is my favorite, personal favorite one. You can just experience real time. They have conferences where you can be a part of. And most of these are at a subsidized rate, or almost free for collegiates they have scholarship opportunities. So there is a lot over there that you can experience real time and then make your decision. All
0: right. So STEM Nation, go check out the show notes on stemonfire.com. Get those links for SWE. And if you want to, you know, connect with Nikita on LinkedIn. And, you know, if you have some questions, uh, just ping her on there.
1: I look forward to that.
0: Awesome. Thank you. So Nikita, you know, going from from college into your career, what are some, some key attributes that you think are needed for STEMers to launch from from college into their career successfully
1: yes so first of all whatever you do do it well and don't don't be afraid of failure or trying things and failing just explore so while uh, this is something that resonates with me also i have switched a lot of different roles and tried different things so i gained a lot of breath around areas so while breath is very important that helps you be successful ahead of time Decide, your, decide early on what few skills you really want to be an expert in and focus on growing them. So you have to be identified as an expert or, in, or a go-to person in your area. So it could be one or two skills while you have a breadth of like 10 different skills, but those one or two deep skills are very important for you. So identify those. Learn to describe yourself. So while you are looking for a job out there or exploring your opportunities, learn to describe yourself and your selling point in less than a minute, the elevator pitch that they call it. So communication is a key at being successful, especially in those earlier days. If you cannot articulate yourself, the person doesn't know what you what all you've got. So work on getting more opportunities to intern at various firms. So this I will just like highly recommend like you have the option of interning just just try various firms try various roles like if you are into hardware try a design role try a validation role try a debug role so it gives you different flavors At the same time, try it at different firms so you get to know the different culture, explore the different people over there, and that gives you an identity of what you really want to do and where you really want to be. So internship by far has been a great tool for me to learn for myself what I want.
0: All right. Thanks, Nikita, for all those great insights. And we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who is offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing if you decide to cancel Within 30 days, there's no cost, and you get to keep the audiobook. And Nikita, we're going to head to the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received?
1: I think it would be be adaptable. Don't rehearse too much. Jump right into things. So that is what I've done all the time, and take ownership and deliver on it. Delivering is very important.
0: And a personal habit that contributes to your success.
1: So as cliche as it may sound, I am a very organized and disciplined person, so I kind of tend to carve my time out to do things. I have that to-do list and stick to it first of all. So be it work or writing a blog or my extracurricular involvement for my professional development, I just make sure I execute on everything that I plan for. So carving that time out and I don't hesitate to reach
0: out for help. Awesome. And a favorite internet resource or phone app?
1: liking Reddit these days, like be it for some question that I really have or just for fun or reading through the uh, list of blogs over there, I, I seem to enjoy that a lot.
0: And if you could recommend one and why?
1: So I really like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, it's it's a great interpretation of how you place yourself. It's all about your perception, the mindset, and how you could channel all of that energy to think differently, act differently in a more positive and productive way. So I overall like
0: that book. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People that's come up multiple times on the podcast. Oh, it's, it's one of my Yeah, it's one of my favorite books as well. So STEM Nation, check that out. You know, you gotta get your your brain in the right mindset. You gotta get in the right mindset and uh, you know, always be positive. And Nikita, you've provided a lot of value so far, but we're going to ask for a little bit more. So as we wrap up here, can you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation and then we'll say goodbye?
1: So like I always say at most of the events, be part of these STEM events, activities that people invite you to, doesn't mean that you have to be an engineer tomorrow. So this is just for you to explore and to understand and to get that insight. So use these as great resources for you to get a real-time idea of what's happening. And it's going to be tough. So no kidding. You have to put in a lot of work, but just stick to it. Remember one thing at a time, carve that small steps instead of eating the whole piece of cake. So just stay with it, stick with it. And remember, if you want to do it, if you really want to do it, there is a lot of resources available out there. So you just have to ask explore, and don't forget to have fun while you do so.
0: Nikita, and with that, we will say goodbye. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Nikita. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share it with a friend. Until next week, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion to a STEM career.